You know, it's interesting. Sorry, I almost poked your eye out with that music stand. Uh, it's interesting that end of that that chorus there. It's a pretty powerful chorus. It talks about so the whole world will know that you're not alone, and uh, it's important for us to to think about that. You know, in, in in the Bible it says that this is how people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is how people will know. This is how your friends will know. This is how your family will know that you're one of God's disciples, one of Jesus' disciples is, if you actually have love for other people. And uh, it's a great challenge uh, from that song. I appreciate those guys doing what they do each week. Uh, we're in First John in case you missed the last, uh, I guess, two months or so. Uh, it's important for us to remember where we're at. First uh, John, we're looking at chapter 2 if you have your Bibles. First uh, John chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 18 is where we're going to be looking this morning. So we think about uh, last week, we had a special guest with us. Anybody remember who that was? Our special guest? Chase Bowers. What does he do here? Is he just some stranger off the street? Yeah, we have his daughters here, actually. Uh, Maddie is his daughter. I don't think he embarrassed, embarrassed her too bad. It was, it was nice of him. Uh, but he spoke to us from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. If you missed it last week, he talked a little bit about loving the world versus being a lover of God. Uh, he talked to us about idols in our lives, things that we put ahead of God. And I love the example and the illustration he gave of the sinking cruise ship. I don't know if that, you guys caught that or, or it really, I was thinking about that all week. I was telling people, man, this, this is a great example of what we do. Where we love the world, and the idea of loving the world is where we see this humongous cruise ship, and we're on a, a, the coast, and we're hanging out with a buddy, and we see this thing sinking, and we're like, ooh, a cruise ship! Let's go jump on it! And it's going down into the water. But we think, oh, it's got the lights, it's got this and that, it's amazing, it's huge. Let's go jump on it, because it's going to be lots of fun. And the world is sinking. If you don't know this by now, the world is going to let you down over and over and over again. So to jump on that, to be excited about what the, the world has to offer is really just jumping on a sinking ship. And so now we get into, you know, he, got, he gave us warnings about the world and the things of this world, and now we're going to get into more warnings against false teachers in this passage. So uh, let's look a little bit at 1 John chapter 2. Uh, verses 18 and 19, he gives us a warning against false teachers. I think we have it up here. Children, it is the last hour. As you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are not. They are all not of us. They used the us a lot there. That's kind of interesting. Us four times in those, that one verse. Notice in verse 18, who, who does he address? This isn't about you. Pay attention. Children. First John. John's talking. He's an older guy, right? He's an older guy. He's talking to younger believers. So he addresses them constantly in this book as children. 
So it's not little kids he's talking to, like four-year-olds. He's talking to people that are younger in their faith, talking to a younger audience a lot of, in a lot of ways. He's saying, children, look, it's the last hour. Now, the last hour, he's meaning this is the last time, this is getting close to the end where, where Christ is going to come back and he's saying, there is the Antichrist that is going to come, but that's a whole other series for a whole other time because we would be on that for a long time if we talked about that this morning. But he does warn about antichrists, plural. And these antichrists are, are people that are false prophets and false teachers that were getting into the church and getting in among the new Christians and, and really trying to try to mess with their beliefs and mess with their trust in God Himself and Jesus as the way to salvation, as the way, the truth, and the life. And so he says, they went out from us in verse 19, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, meaning if they were truly Christians, they would have continued with us, but they went out. That it might become complained that they are not all of us. They, they started off as individuals who pretended to be with them, or even maybe started as people who maybe looked like believers, but eventually it was found out they were false teachers. In Matthew, uh, I think we have it up here, Matthew chapter 24, is that up there on the screen, uh, Jacob? Yeah, Matthew chapter 24, verses 5 and 24 says, Jesus is talking here, He says, For many will come in My name, saying, I am the Christ. They will lead many astray. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And so the challenge here, this is talking about end times and He's saying there's going to be a lot of people that come up as false prophets, as false teachers. You guys look at the news around you, you can see people that come up as false prophets, even people claiming to be Jesus. It's kind of strange and kind of awkward and kind of weird. People claiming to know things that they really don't know. Claiming to be, a lot of times they're after money, they're after fame, they're after some kind of recognition. But sometimes they're just actually crazy. So it's, it's important for us to be able to discern these things when it comes to false teachers. So John gives us a warning about false teachers. You know, you guys experience lies in your lives as Christians. You experience lies every day. False teachers are all around you, and some of them uh, are good people. Some of them are a mean well. Some of them are, are people who who we would look at as even good people in our lives. But when it comes to the faith and when it comes to our relationship with Christ, they're false teachers. They're liars. They wouldn't necessarily outright say to you, alright, this is a lie, get ready for it, because I'm going to tell you a big one here, hopefully you'll believe it. Is that what liars do? Is that what false teachers do? No. They hide their false teachings in things that maybe sound kind of good. They kind of sound like, maybe, this is something I could follow. They do it through music. They do it through a lot of different things that we're going to talk about. We won't get ahead of ourselves, but there's lots of lies out there. And you know what? Do you think, uh, do you think you're experiencing the extent of the lies that you're going to experience today, or do you think the lies are going to get worse? Anybody? You think you're about set with the lies in your lives, false teachers? Just wait till you get to high school. And then when you get to high school, just wait till you go to college. <laughs> the false teachings and the lies that are out there in this world, 
just continue to grow. And they continue to get more wise. And you think about the enemy, Satan himself. The father of all lies. John 8.44 talks about this. The father of all lies. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. When it comes to false teachers, when it comes to false prophets, when it comes to lies that you deal with on a daily basis as a young person here in Central Texas, you have to understand first the father of all lies is Satan himself. And you have to understand that you are not stronger than him. First thing you need to understand, he is the father of all lies. And if you try to determine and discern lies on your own, you're not going to get it on your own. Satan will deceive you. He is wise. He is smarter than you. He is smarter than a fifth grader, but he's also smarter than a sixth, seventh, eighth grader. He's smarter than me. He's smarter than even my mom and dad. Yes, he is. He's smart. He's wise. And he knows what he's doing when he sends false teachings your way in the form of something that could be good. In the form of something that seems okay. But yet, underneath it all, he's deceiving you. And you are being led astray. Like a lamb, like a sheep going to its death. That's what you're doing when you follow this father of all lies. So you think about where do we experience these lies? Keep that there because I want to see, uh, I want to get some input and see how many of you, you get them right. Okay? So the question is where do you experience these lies, these false teachings? Give me some, uh, give me some answers. Where do you experience them? Yes. School. school. Don't put it up yet. School. Outside of church. All right. Home. Oh, home. Man. Sometimes, yeah. I'm going to tell your mom you said that. Uh, yeah. Was that everywhere? Well, that's kind of general. We want it more specific. Everywhere. <laughs> that's like saying God in a church answer. Yeah. TV, yeah, media stuff. What? You, got, you were going to say internet. Yeah, that covers a lot. Internet, movies. Yeah. Was that? Yeah, songs. So, so we got a lot of stuff up here. Let's, let's look at the what I put up here. School. Music, friends, oh, YouTube, what? No, YouTube, everything's true on YouTube, right? Uh, and it's definitely true on Facebook. There are no lies on Facebook. Uh, movies and family, yet, Rebecca, that's true, family. And then how about your own mind? Your own mind deceives you. Your own thoughts deceive you. And so there's a lot of deception out there, a lot of false teaching. And if you look up here, don't some of these things, most of these things look okay, don't they? I mean, they don't... Thank you for that uh, energetic and enthusiastic answer. I appreciate that. I wish there were more people like you in this room. Uh, most of that stuff looks okay, right? And you can get in trouble with some of this stuff, like YouTube. Some of you guys are watching stuff on YouTube you know you shouldn't be watching. Period. Let the conviction set in. Hopefully you'll get it right. But you know that. You know you're doing stuff on Facebook you shouldn't be doing. But in general, this stuff in itself isn't evil. Okay? Some people try to demonize things. 
right? And they try to make them evil in and of themselves. YouTube, evil. Facebook, evil. That stuff isn't evil. It doesn't have a soul, okay? Now, some of the people that put stuff on there, they're evil, okay? And they are liars. But the, the, the avenue that it comes through, the, the way that it comes through, it's impossible for it in itself necessarily to be evil. Like Facebook, can't necessarily, we can't say Facebook is sinning. Facebook doesn't have a soul, okay? Facebook itself is kind of weird. It's not a person, alright? But, there are plenty of lies that come through that. When it comes to friends, you, you don't look at your friends and say, well, maybe you do. <laughs> You're evil. Uh, sometimes in certain situations you do, I guess. And that's okay. If they're being evil, you should call them out on it. But you don't necessarily look at your friends and say, I'm going to go around and find the most evil friends I can find and make them my buddies. And, and make them in my inner circle. Hopefully you don't. And say, come on, join me. I'm trying to make a little evil click and we're all going to be together and we're all going to lie together. We're all going to believe false teachings and it's going to be a great time. No. You don't do that, right? You look at your friends and you're like, you know, hopefully they... They're good friends, and I'm not saying all your friends have to be, you know, Christian friends. Because, you know, how is the world going to know? How are they going to know that you have love for one another if they don't see you in action? But the reality is, you know, you don't go looking for that. But the reality is that your friends are evil sometimes. Your friends are used by Satan sometimes to lead you astray. So here are some lies I, we thought of. I actually sent out an email to some of our pastors, including uh, Pastor Casey and, and Pastor Gary, Pastor Danny, uh, Dave, and some others, to come up with some false teachings, some lies that you as a junior high student, as a 5th through 8th grader experience. What are some lies? And this is uh, the top 10 that I kind of looked at. It's old school. David Letterman does a top 10, but most of you probably don't watch him. He's, he's kind of up there now. But... Uh, Dan Fulmer watches them sometimes. But, um, so top ten, let's look at these lies that we experience. Number one, truth is relative, meaning that there are no absolutes, so I can do whatever I think is right. Truth is just relative. It's, it's what, truth is whatever I determine it is. So like, for example, uh, I like to pick on these girls over here. So we'll say, Tama, we'll say, okay, you're talking, and you're talking to Rebecca, and you say, well, I think that, um, let's see, what's, what's a good thing that you'll make up? I think that the Cowboys won the Super Bowl this year. Right, right? <clears throat> and you can believe it with all your heart. And, and really what relative truth says is that, well, you believe it, and, and you're convinced of it, but Rebecca's like, come on, for real? Cowboys aren't going to win a Super Bowl for like 100 years. I mean, seriously. Uh, I have the microphone. So, uh, truth is relative. Where I can, a lot of what the world says to you is I can make up truth to be whatever I want it to be. And it's for real. And so I can create my own little world. And no matter what my parents say, no matter what my teachers say, no matter what the Bible says, this is truth for me. Number two, if it's not on the, if it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> um, in case you don't know, probably more the majority 
on the internet is lies. Okay, so please check. There's a thing called Snopes.com. Uh, that'll tell you a lot about what's true and what's not. That's good stuff. But don't believe what you what you read on the internet. Number three, being a guy means treating girls poorly. Oh, ouch, ouch. Actually, guys, you need to go from here up to there after this, and Pastor Gary's going to be preaching to guys today. Uh, not just guys, but a lot of what he's going to have to say is about guys. But for some reason, our society, music, movies, things like that, TV shows, it's like the models that we have to follow after are horrible as men. And being a guy means I'm going to kind of ignore that girl. I'm going to kind of put her down and make her feel bad and and when I see, I used to do this, honestly, I used to do this, and it, it was so wrong to do. But as a, as a junior high kid, and even a young high school kid, when I saw a girl thinking like highly of herself, like whether she just got her hair done, or, or she was wearing something new, and everyone was complimenting her, my evil side came out. And I would put her down. It was horrible. I know, it was. Jaw hitting the floor, girls. It was bad. It was, it was a situation where it was my sin because I didn't want her looking good. I didn't want her getting all the praise because then attention wasn't on me, right? So, like, even my sisters, like, I would be like, oh, now you're getting the attention, so now I'm going to make fun of you, right? That's wrong. But a lot of what we see in the world today is, you know what, guys, let's treat girls badly, and, and you know, because girls like the guys that treat them bad for some dumb reason. Not the good girls, guys. Not the girls that are worth having, just so you know. Uh, number four, there is no God. Jesus was just a good man and teacher. That's another lie that you experience, and you'll experience that the rest of your life. Jesus, he's just a good teacher. He's a good prophet. He's a good man. Did some great things, but really there is no God. Number five, no one will get hurt when I sin. Notice that one? Look at number five, everybody. No one will get hurt when I sin. Absolutely false. A false teaching that you guys need to understand right now. Because people will get hurt when you sin. And even if you sin and it's just you and God, people will get hurt even when it's just you sinning against God. Your future spouse will be hurt when you sin on your own. I know it's crazy to think about that. You're fifth through eighth grade. But here's the deal. you got to think ahead. You will hurt people when you sin. Number six, really smart people don't believe in God or Jesus. It kind of goes with number seven too. God is just a crutch. A lot of people say that God, believing in God is kind of like your little rabbit's foot that you rub for good luck. Believing in God is like having a lucky charm. Not the cereal, you know, magically delicious, but the the things that we think will bring us good luck. God is just a crutch. Number eight, I deserve to be loved. Whoa. I hit the, girl, I hit the guys recently, right? Girls. Number eight is a lie. What? For real? This blows up every fairy tale you've ever watched from Disney. Number eight is a false teaching, but because here's the deal. None of you, including me, including my little boy Noah, he's so cute, just make your heart melt. He doesn't deserve to be loved. He's evil. <laughs> he is. He is. And it sounds sad and sad. Oh, 
But that's Noah. Guess what? Noah gets angry and he smacks his sisters. He does. Noah gets mad and he starts hitting things. He starts throwing stuff. If he doesn't get his way, he brings me the big box of goldfish and he's walking over to me. It's a goldfish. I'm like, no, we're about to eat dinner. What does he do? Bam! He throws that goldfish on the floor. He's not even two. He's not two yet, but he's evil inside. But here's the deal. You can't do anything to earn God's love. You can't do anything to impress God so much that you can say, now what I did, that really deserves love. But here's the cool thing about that. The opposite of that is that, you know what? It's amazing. God loves us anyway. God loves us anyway. Some of you think, because I looked at this on the internet, because I heard this, because I did that, God doesn't love me. Somehow we jump, here's God's love in this square, and somehow we jump over here when we sin, and we're out of God's love. That's false. It's a false teaching. It's a false belief. God always loves you. Now, does it mean He loves what you do? Does it mean that He wishes you'd stay in this disbelief and stay in this false teaching? No. He sent His Son to die for you. The evidence of His love is that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for you. Did you deserve it? No. But He gave it anyway. Number nine, deep down I'm a good person. This goes with number eight. We kind of covered it already, but I remind you over and over again that you are evil. You are. You are evil in and of yourself. You are not a good person by yourself. I'm telling you that right now. It's very clear in God's Word that He says there's none. There's none that does good. Not one. Now you can do good for a little while, but eventually you're going to do wrong and you're going to hate somebody or you're going to yell at somebody. You're going to get angry in and of yourself in your own power because that's the reality of who you are. You're born into sin. And so number 10, the most important thing is to believe in yourself. Wow, what a lie. Some of you hear that at school. Some of you hear that on the internet. You hear that in movies. You hear that at home. Believe in yourself! You can do it! No, no. Sorry. You can believe in yourself all you want and you'll still be evil. It's true. You can believe in yourself all you want and you will still fall into false teaching and false, uh, false belief systems out there. But, but I believe in myself. I know I can do it. I'm really good. My parents said I'm awesome. Guess what? You're still not good enough. And there was, <laughs> for you, you parents out there, it always makes me think of an SNL skit. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. <laughs> People love me. This weird guy's like looking in a mirror, talking to himself, motivating himself. I'm smart enough. <laughs> I'm good enough. And people like me. And you may feel that about yourself, and the reality is, you're not good enough. And that's a false teaching, a false thing that you're believing. So, how do we overcome this false teaching? How do we do that? How do we overcome the false teachings we experience? Well, if we look in verse uh, 20 and 21, let's check that out. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, meaning the Holy Spirit, and you all have knowledge. 
I write you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. So here's the deal. First of all, number one, you have the Holy Spirit. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you have what's called the Holy Spirit, the divine teacher inside of you. And you have the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you so that when false teaching comes, the Spirit says, no, that's wrong. That's of the world. That's not real. That's not true. And you know, not just the Spirit, but the Spirit guides you also through the Word, which is the truth. God Himself is the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth. And the Word of God itself is the truth. So if you're out there saying, Tim, how do I know that this is false teaching? How do I know that um, this is wrong or right to believe in? Well, first of all, you have to have time in God's Word. You have to be in prayer. You have to be in touch and in tune and in step with the Spirit so that you are able to discern what's truth and what's lies. If you're not spending time with God, if you're not reading the Word, if you're not praying and trusting the Holy Spirit to guide you, then you'll be walking around believing those lies. You'll be believing those false teachings. And it'll only get worse. I hear people asking myself and and Pastor Dave all the time, they ask us, well, why are students leaving so fast uh, the faith in the church? Why is it that even when they get into high school, like uh, Chase, uh, Pastor Chase was asking Dave, you know, what's the deal with, with uh, young people uh, leaving when they get to college and never coming back to the church? Well, there's lots of reasons. There's hypocrites, but that's not the best excuse, but there's hypocrites everywhere. But when you see juniors in high school leaving the faith and not coming back, when you see college students leaving the faith and not coming back, number one, maybe they never had the faith to begin with. They never really trusted Christ. They never had a relationship with Him. Number two, they never went deep into the Word of God. They never really developed a prayer life. They never trusted the Holy Spirit to guide them so that everything that came along, these false teachings, they just believed and were led astray like sheep, like dumb sheep. We are referred to in the Bible over and over again as sheep, lambs, dumb animals. You're like, I'm not a dumb animal. Well, you can argue with Jesus. Because Jesus talks to us about who we are, and oftentimes He refers to us as sheep who have no clue where they're going. They'd run into walls. They'd stay in a pasture that has no grass, when there's a green pasture right down the hill. But because the shepherd led them there, and they don't know where to go, they'll stay there and starve to death. That's what sheep will do. And we are referred to as those sheep. And without Christ, without the Holy Spirit, without God's Word in our lives, that's what you're going to be. Fifth through eighth graders, that's what you will become. And this is my warning to you. This is my plea to you to start to understand what the Holy Spirit means. You're like, what in the world? Holy Spirit, that is so odd. Yes, it is. I'm not pretending that it's not strange. The fact that the Holy Spirit something you can't see can guide you? That sounds kind of strange. 
That you can actually be influenced through the Word of God where something that you can't see can teach you? Well, here's the deal, guys. I've watched it. I've experienced it. And it's something that comes alive in me when I read His Word. And it's something that I can't explain. But as you read the Word of God, as you trust the Spirit's leading, it's, it's amazing what happens. And so it's a great challenge for us. So the Spirit, God's Word itself, you know, and then uh, he gets into verse 22 and 23, the last thing. Those who deny Jesus Christ are liars and deny the Father also. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. You know, you guys probably don't experience often yet people that outright deny Jesus. Now, some of you do. Some of you experience it in different ways, whether it's movies or music or maybe even friends. But you don't experience that yet, a lot of you, in a personal level. But you're going to experience that more and more, especially as the world goes deeper and deeper and deeper into rejecting Christ. You're going to be experiencing that more and more and more. We're about to go to New York City tomorrow. If you took a trip up there and you walked around and you talked to people about their faith, Philadelphia, where my mom and dad live, where my dad's a pastor. If you go up there, it's a little different than here. We are headed that direction. Up there, people have denied Jesus long ago. And they will tell you that to your face. Down here, it's slowly shifting to that. It hasn't quite gotten there yet, but it is shifting that direction. Where we are a people here in Central Texas that are more non-Christian than Christian. And some of you are like, what? No way. This is the Bible Belt. Everybody loves Jesus, right? No. No, they don't. And it's shifting more and more that way. They deny Christ, they're a liar. They deny God, they're a liar. And here's the challenge as I wrap it up. And it's important for you to get this. So everybody look up here. Look up here. Sit still. Last two minutes. Most important part of the game. I always think of things in games. Most important part of the game. Last two minutes, all right? Pay attention. You guys are out there in the world. Even if you go to Christian school, you're still in the world. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you're out there. And there are false teachers everywhere. And there are false teachers that Satan is trying to use to get you, if you are a Christian, to wreck your faith so that other people turn away. But also, if you're not a Christian, just to continue to lead you astray. And Satan will use those avenues. Again, we talked about things in themselves can't be evil, but the way they are used can be evil, which is things like movies, music, Facebook, YouTube, friends, even family members, books, magazines. There's things that influence our thinking. And what the question I guess I want to leave you with is what is it that you are allowing to influence you with false teaching? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you talking about? What are you taking in that basically says God's not real? God is dead. Sinning against yourself and doing this thing in private won't hurt anybody else. I'm good. 
I'm a loving person. I deserve to be loved. Truth is whatever I make it, all these lies. What is it in your life that you continue to believe those lies? What is it in your life that is doing that and allowing you to do that? Obviously, it's Satan himself, but he's using things to do it in your life. You need to identify those things. And you need to ask God to identify those things through the Holy Spirit to show you what are these things in my life that are getting in the way of my walk with Christ. Now, here's the problem. Some of you sit here in these seats and you fail over and over again and you fall over and over again and you say, man, I asked God to help me I ask Him to do this, but He doesn't do it. But you're lazy. You're lazy. This isn't your parent up here talking to you. You might hear that from them a lot. You know, you're lazy. No, I'm talking about spiritually lazy. And you need to, guys, there's a reference for guys, you need to man up, right? And start studying the Word of God on your own. Girls, the same thing. You need to start praying and getting in touch with the Spirit of God as He leads you and stop blaming your sin on somebody else. And stop saying, it was this person that did this. Oh, I clicked on the wrong link and it just appeared and somehow stayed on my screen for an hour at home. I don't know how it happened. And we blame stuff on other people. We blame our sin on others. And we continue to do that. We make a pattern when you're 40 years old, you're getting divorced, you got three kids, and you're blaming your sin on other people. Still. Number one, you might want to check, first of all, that you know Jesus Christ, first of all. That you truly know who He is and that He's a part of your life. And number two, you need to start getting serious with God. And recognize that He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. To give you a new life now. Not a new life where you turn it back over to God, that whole thing that you hear about someone who went astray and did their thing in college and came back. Who knows? You may not come back. God's offering you new life now. He's offering you an abiding life now. An amazing life now. Your best life now in a good way. Not your best life with money and stuff and good things, but your best life living in the Spirit of God. So I'm going to pray with you right now. I want you to ask you to all bow your heads, close your eyes. And as you pray, and as you bow your head, talk to God and just say, God, identify some false teachings you've been believing and just confess them to God. Things like, you know, that you are good enough. Things like you deserve something. Maybe things like, My sin's not hurting anybody. Confess those false teachings that you've been deceived by. And then ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to give you wisdom, to not be lazy, but to open the Word each day. and To find strength and hope in the Word of God. And maybe maybe even in here today, you may not even know Jesus. Maybe you've been fallen so much, you've you're not even sure if you know Christ. Here's, here's the chance right here today to say, Jesus, you know, I know that you died for me. I know that you came to die for me and give me new life, to give me victory, to, to cover my sin by your blood. And I trust you today as my Savior, as my hope, 
thank you for what you've done, God. We thank you for the victory that you give us. Thank you for the new life you give us. Thank you that we don't have to be bound by false teaching, but we can believe in the truth and abide in your love. In your name we pray. Amen.